0: Thank mm-hmm. you. To the Learning to Sit Still podcast, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. And if this is your first time joining me, welcome. I am so glad you could be here today. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoy this episode, would you share it with a friend? You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram where I share short devotionals as well as videos to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. If you're looking for some good resources for deepening your faith, just visit sitstillmydaughter.com where you will find blog posts free Bible reading plans, and other helpful information. Be sure to sign up to receive the monthly newsletter so that you will be the first to know what special events or updates will be taking place in the future. There is also a contact page on my website where you can submit questions or prayer requests. I would love to pray for you and help in any way I can. All of these links can be found in the show notes, so be sure to take a peek after the episode. Are you ready for the answer to the Bible trivia question I asked last week? Which prophet said the Messiah would make a triumphal entry into Jerusalem? The answer is Zechariah and found in Zechariah 9 verse 9. Our question for the next week is, where was Jesus when he stilled a storm? Where was Jesus when he stilled a storm? And remember, I will have the answer for you on next week's episode. Today, we are continuing our study on the fruit of the spirit. Our discussion involves the next two as they work well together, gentleness and goodness. These two words can often be intertwined, but they do have their own unique traits. I want to discuss them separately and then bring them together. Let's start with gentleness. The word is often translated as kindness, which is true, but there is more to it than that. It also carries the idea of excellence in character and demeanor. The Enduring Word Commentary also had this to say, It is the grace which pervades the whole nature, mellowing all which would be harsh and austere. I have to confess that I did not know what that last word meant, and I am not even sure if I pronounced it right, but I did look it up in the dictionary, and this was the definition, severe or strict in manner, attitude, or appearance. Now, I began to contemplate what this combination of definitions means and how it would impact day-to-day living. A person who is walking in a spirit and actively seeking to produce this fruit of the spirit will have a gentleness about them and it will permeate their entire nature in both word and deed. Remember that the word itself means excellence in character and demeanor. If we behave rudely or snap at someone, is that displaying excellence? If we interrupt someone when they are trying to speak, is that excellent? If we have an attitude with someone, is that excellent? The answer to all of the above is no. What would happen if we began to filter our actions through gentleness? What would change about our behavior and how we responded to others? I believe we would be much more considerate, caring, and careful in our words and deeds. That is how we display gentleness. That is how we showcase this fruit of the spirit. Now let's go back that definition from enduring word. It is grace, which pervades the whole nature, mellowing all that would be harsh. I had a teacher in Sunday school who often said, so what does that look like on Monday? Meaning, how does this pan out in our day-to-day living? According to the statement I read, how does gentleness affect us? I think there are several keys to this. One is having grace what is grace? We know that God's grace is unmerited favor, but there are also several other meanings, including goodwill toward others and a courteous behavior. seems like that is a common theme with gentleness, a courteous and excellent behavior. Next, this courteous or excellent behavior should pervade which means spread through and be perceived in every part. That alone should make us stop and think. Our whole life should have evidence of this behavior or conduct. We should be known as gentle people who are courteous and excellent in all that we say and do instead of stirring up trouble and being difficult to live with. The result is a life that mellows what otherwise would be harsh and austere. And I want to park on the definition of the word austere as well. Remember, it means severe or strict in manner, attitude, or appearance. In many ways, it ties back to the idea of pervade. Gentleness mellows, or we could say hinders us, from being severe or strict in our manner, attitude, or appearance. It means that our behavior is gentle, our attitude is is gentle and even our appearance our countenance is gentle we all know someone who isn't gentle in fact it doesn't take long to figure this out sometimes one look lets you know that this person is grumpy a real sourpuss have you ever been to the drive-through and greeted by a what do you want and you instantly knew that this person was definitely not happy to take your order you didn't have to see them to know their tone of voice told you everything you needed to know. We all would much prefer to be greeted by the pleasant sounding worker, you know, the one whose voice sounds like a smile. As Christians, shouldn't we be the latter? A reflection of the gentleness of our Lord Jesus? In her book, God's Garden of Grace, Elizabeth George shared some interesting information and a great thought. I quote, when the book of Galatians was written in about 50 AD, the common slave name Christos came from the Greek word root word for kindness. The first century pagans who confused this familiar name with the unfamiliar Christos for Christ began calling Christians by a nickname that meant goody-goody, the same as being too nice. The spelling of the two words varies by just one letter, but what an appropriate similarity. We who serve God are indeed to be kind, unquote. I know that it is not always easy, but this is where the other fruit of the Spirit help us, such as long suffering, which we discussed last week. Having patience with annoying people can assist us in exercising a gentleness with them as well. This is why it is important that we cultivate all nine of the fruit of the Spirit because they work together to form us into the image of Christ, an image the world needs to see. Now I want to shift our focus to the second fruit in our discussion, goodness, which is defined as beneficence of a person, generous or doing good. When I think of a human example, my mind goes to Fred Rogers of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I grew up watching that show. In fact, my mom and I watched a documentary on him and one of the people interviewed made the statement that he was just goodness. Think about that for a moment. Fred Rogers lived in such a way that when someone tried to describe him, the word that came to mind was goodness. His life was spent trying to help children. When he was in college, he saw a children's program and was shocked by the harsh content. And that was back in the 1950s. He decided then and there to do something about it and the result would be over 900 episodes of a man greeting children with a smile as he changed into a comfy sweater and talked on their level about all kinds of things. While he may not have gotten everything right and I don't know if he was truly saved, I believe his life shows what happens when someone spends their time seeking to do good. How many of our neighbors, friends, and co-workers would describe us as good? As being someone characterized as generous and doing good. I know that I'm lacking in this area. Part of it is due to our selfish nature. We don't want to invest in others or take the time to be generous or good because it does take time. It takes effort on our part to look around, to notice, and then act on what we have seen. But where would we be without people like Mr. Rogers who had such an impact on multiple generations because... He desired to do good and where would we be without the goodness of god god is good he is our true source of goodness and he shows it to us every day even when we cannot see it because he is good he provides for our needs because he is good he pours out his love and because he is good one day all wrongs will be righted and our god is not a hoarder, but pours out his goodness in abundance all of our days. Psalm 23 tells us that surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. That is God's goodness, my friend, and it should be seen in our own life. We should be generous with both our time and our money, ready to help in any way we can. Goodness also has an internal impact. In the documentary on Fred Rogers, there was a scene where he was asked to present the necessity of his work before a political hearing to try and keep a sizable grant that was under threat of being taken away. The head of the group looked annoyed and unhappy, but one minute into Fred Rogers' gentle presentation and sharing his good intentions, Quickly softened the man so much so that after a mere six minutes he agreed to reinstate the grant, and he also wanted to watch the show. Both gentleness and goodness can open doors that even the strongest person could never push open. I want to read from Luke chapter 6, verses 26 to 33. Woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. But I say unto you, which hear, love your enemies. Do good to them which hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do do good to them which do good to you. What thank have ye, for sinners also do even the same. I don't know about you, but I heard a lot of goodness in those verses. Love your enemies, that is a form of goodness because you would rather knock them down and say harsh words. Do good to them that hate you, that is clear to understand. Bless them that curse you. And don't forget to pray for them who don't just use you, but despitefully or maliciously use you. That will take an extra dose of goodness from the Lord to accomplish this. And the final verse gives us another take on goodness. If we do good to those who have been good to us, what difference can we make? The sinners do the same. It is when we are good in the face of evil and corruption that goodness shines. Elizabeth George shared a story about Abraham Lincoln and his interactions with a man called Stanton, who was mean and insulting, as he called Lincoln a low-cunning clown and even nicknamed him the original gorilla. But instead of getting as far away as he could from Stanton, Lincoln chose to make him his war minister because he was the best suited for the job. Over the years, he continued to treat him with every courtesy. When Lincoln was assassinated, it was Stanton who said, With tears flowing down his face, he looked down at his dead president. There lies the greatest ruler of men the world has ever seen. He was no longer a guerrilla, but the greatest ruler. My friends, I guarantee if Lincoln had not acted in goodness toward this man, the outcome would have been very different. This story illustrates the power of goodness. We cannot do this on our own. We must lean on God's strength as well as walk in the spirit. If we ever want to grow this fruit in their lives, both goodness and badness are remembered, but only one brings delight. I want to be someone who delights others, who reflects the Lord in all that I do in word and deed. May we strive to be women who exhibit a gracious gentleness, and generous goodness in every area of our life. They work together as a pair. They are a gracious and generous pair, one that needs to be in our life. And that is where we will end our episode for today. Have a wonderful day, my friends, and let's be women who seek to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit in our lives so that we can reflect our Savior to the world. Thank mm-hmm. you.